Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 858, Steve, again, thanks for your time. No worries, thanks for having me on. Steve, we've been throwing out the question today, if... The unthinkable happens and Tommy Paul knocks off Novak Djokovic. And I'll, I'll just ask you from a tennis point of view, where would that rank in terms of some of the great upsets in tennis over the years? Yeah, look, it would certainly be up there. I think the, the most recent one you'd probably think about was probably John Millman beating Roger Federer at the US Open yep. in terms of pure big upsets of a, of a top name or a Tommy Robredo um, who played, I think beat him also at the, uh, the US Open a couple of years back. So they're probably the two that, that come to mind. But it's certainly a big ask for him tonight against Novak on the, on the big stage. The one I remember as a kid was, uh, I said this earlier in the show, was Mark Philippoussis beating Pete Sampras at the Australian Open. Yep. When there was all this talk about this young guy with a big serve, can he push Pete Sampras? It was Saturday night, third round, and he comes out and beats him in straight sets. I just remember at the time that was such a massive story and such a, a massive upset. Yeah, absolutely. And look, the advantage obviously for Philip Pousas was that he had a, a really big serve that could, could generate some, some cheap points for him, which you know a lot of the players don't have against the, the likes of Novak, who's one of the, the best returners of serve in the game. So I think you know it's going to be it's going to be tough for Tommy, um, but I think he's certainly he's probably got more a better balance of tools to be able to, to match it with Novak for at least a period of time uh, across the course of the match, but it, it is probably going to be a little bit too tough for him to, to actually get the, the outright win here. Has he got a weapon that can bother Novak? Or has anyone really got a weapon that can bother, bother Novak given his return to serve and how well he moves around the court? Yeah, I think Tommy's got a, a he's got a, a more than capable serve. So he's got a, a better serve than Rublev and, and Demon also, if you look at the last two matches that Novak uh, had to play. Uh, so they're probably the, the main ones to, to consider. But he's also you know, very solid off both wings, won't make some cheap errors like we saw from, from Rublev the other night. Um, so, so they're probably the, the main things to keep an eye on. But also he's willing to go all day. He, he beat Roberto Bautista a good uh, earlier in the tournament and is, is able to kind of lock in and, and play some defensive tennis where he needs to, which is a little bit surprising for his side. So they're probably the things to keep an eye on. But I think the first set in particular will be crucial for Tommy to to just try and stay in it within that first 20 to 30 minutes because I think that was the downfall for Demidor and Rublev. So far in the tournament with Novak's opponents, given there is this doubt about his hamstring and therefore it should restrict his movement a bit, have players tried enough things on the court? Have they tried enough drop shots to bring him forward? Have they tried to move him around a bit more than they normally would? Or they've tried and they've just, they've just not been good enough? Yeah, I think there were some attempts. Uh, a little bit earlier in the tournament, but I, I don't think Demon or Rublev really went down that path. But I, I think that may have been a case that they saw that Novak was moving pretty well, um, you know, early in those matches. So, uh, look, it, it's, it is a tricky one because even when Novak is off that kind of 5 to 10% physically, he's still elite in that area in terms of how he looks after his body and how he's able to manage his overall movement. So, look, it is going to be tough, but I would like to see uh, Tommy just throw up a little bit of variety, you know, use it maybe a little bit of, of backhand slice or, you know, just just not give Novak the same looks. Because I think when you look at what Demonor did and you look at what Rublev did, 
their their plan B was to almost just go with the plan A, but try and hit a little bit harder, and that that just doesn't work against Novak. You need to be you need to play a little bit smarter. So it'll be interesting to see how how Tommy goes, but I'd like to see just a little bit of variety from him tonight, just to to see what works. Talk to Steve Quick from Ace Previews for Betfair. You can find better odds on the Australian Open at Betfair Gamble Responsibly. Of course, call 1-800-858-858. On paper, Sitsipas versus Hatchinoff appears closer. Sitsipas probably rightly the favourite. But what chance Hatchinoff in this match? I think it's going to be tough for Hatchinoff. I, I think when you look at the... You know, he's been solid through the, the course of the tournament, but this is a, a significant step up. So it's only his second time at this semi-final level of a grand slam so he you know made this this section of the of the tournament the u.s open last year but it is going to be tough because you know sit past i think if you look at his his will to win and just how he's performed in those big moments across the the australia you know the australian summer in in full so looking at the united cup as well his his ability to find a way is almost unrivaled and it, it probably is novak that does come closest to him in that department I'm just a little bit worried um, outside of maybe the backhand to backhand exchanges where Kashinov is able to, to have the edge here. I think if it was maybe played at night with the less lively conditions, uh, that, that Kashinov might have more of a chance. But I think you know, in the afternoon here, uh, I think it's it's a pass you know, with the experience. And for him, you know, normally he gets to this stage and he plays a, a Medvedev or someone yeah. who's you know going to be a heavy favourite. And this is an opportunity now for Tsitsipas to to you know take that next step here in, in terms of his performances at the Australian Open. Women's semi-finals last night. Rabikina defeated Azarenka 7-6-6-3. Sabalenka defeated Lynette 7-6-6-2. So pretty similar score lines. And on paper, this appears like a really even women's final. Uh, who do you like? Uh, I like Rabikina just in terms of the, the current prices. I probably had it about a coin flip. So you're right in terms of it you know, being very, very evenly matched. But seeing her price at the moment, so she's sitting around that, that $2.20 mark, um, I think is a... Is good odds for for what I would you know estimate to be a, a coin flip. So you know it's going to be a battle of the the power hitters on on both sides of the the court here, and and both have produced some exceptional form. I just like what uh, Rodakin has been able to produce you know in the past in terms of these big finals and these these big moments. Um, you know we saw her win Wimbledon, came from a set down against Andrejbor there, and and Sabalenka just hasn't quite got over that hurdle. Um, you know, we saw in the, the WTA finals last year as well, just struggle a little bit in that final with, with some of the pressure in the tight moments. So I think, you know, looking at the $2.20 there for Rabakina is probably the, the play there. We're probably looking for the next superstar in women's tennis. You know, you've got Coco Goff coming through. You know, Sviontek's clearly the number one in the world at the moment. But is Rabakina potentially that player? I mean, if she wins Wimbledon, wins the Australian Open in the space of 12 months, is she potentially the next star of the women's game? Could she be that good? Yeah, I think potentially. She's certainly got all the tools. And the big advantage for her is that her game translates across all the surfaces across the course of the year. So, you know, she's made a, a deep run at the French Open before on the clay. She's won Wimbledon. We can see just from this sport night alone how well she can play on the hard court. So she's got the ability to be effective on, on each surface. And look, her ranking is, is lower than it should be at the moment because there weren't any ranking points from Wimbledon last year. So I think we'll see her kind of move back into the top 10. And then you know, it would take probably injury in some form to, to keep her out of the top 10 for the, the next years to come. Will we ever see her on court 13 again at the Australian Open, do you think? Oh, I think it might be a little bit of a stretch. Unless she's playing some sort of doubles or something along those lines, I don't think we're going to be seeing her playing singles out on court 13 again. And I think, you know, she, she's she's incredibly good to watch in terms of she's got that power game. She's got all the tools. Um, yeah, it was an interesting decision there on day one. And I think uh, the 
they'll be eating some humble pie now, just looking back at, at what she's been able to produce um, in response. Got to ask you before we go about the, the men's doubles. I mean, it was such a big story last year with Kyrgios and Kokonakis, All-Australian final and the sort of crowds they were bringing to the tennis. But... And it's, it's a different crowd that's been, you know, watching uh, Rinky Hitchikata and, and Jason Kubler. But is this a bit of a shock they've actually made the final? And, and the, you know, two matches ago, they thrashed the number one pair in the world. Is this, is this taking everyone by surprise? Yeah, I think it has. It's certainly taken me by surprise. I think I watched the early in some of their, um, you know, matches in the early rounds and they looked a little bit lost at sea, just kind of, you know, getting a feel for, for playing doubles together and, and, and trying to, to find that rhythm. But look, they're, they're both got, you know, capable serves that they're capable of both the forehand and backhand and, and aren't afraid to, to try and come into the net and, and finish off when they need. Look, it wouldn't be an Australian Open without some sort of, you know, be it the, the men's, the women's or the mixed, you know, some pairing making a, a deep run. So, look, I don't think they'll get the same support that the, that Kokonakis <laughs> and Kira got last year, but they, but they should get more than Purcell and Ebden got in that final. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they go, but they're, they're every chance. Steve, uh, thanks for your time over the last two weeks. It's been fun. Uh, most of your predictions have been pretty good. I did try and steer you into Andy Murray versus Matteo Birrettini, but you didn't take the bait, but that's okay. But uh, in general, uh, your tips have been magnificent. We've really appreciated your time uh, over the two weeks. No worries. Thanks for having me on across the fortnight. Steve Quick from Ace Previews. Uh, thanks to Betfair. You can find better odds on the Australian Open at Betfair. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Okay, lines are open. 1-300-736-736. 40 wings temper. 0433-98-1116. Greater sporting upsets. Top three players structurally. And we'll play you some uh, audio from Kane Corns talking about Tom DeConing. Uh, after the news, I'm keen to get your thoughts on that one as well. But let's get the latest from Nathan Gutt.